Welcome to Maker Skills, exploring your internal toolkit with PJ, Tanda, and Tom. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 76. Uh, Woohoo! I don't have any clever 76 references, so we're just going to dive right in. Our, our skill topic for the week is cleaning. Because, well, we couldn't come up with anything dirtier. Or, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's where Tom, what skill class is cleaning? Oh, it's a 409. That's yeah. just not sponsored. And I, that I don't recommend them. And I don't recommend them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tanda, did you do any research on cleaning? I, I did uh, a tiny bit of research on cleaning, and I found... Uh, uh, something on on Bob Vila's site, so I thought that was kind of maker maker friendly of uh, cleaning hacks that actually work. And of course, many of these uh, are things that uh, you've probably heard a hundred times. But uh, I, I thought it might be worth running down the list to see if any are worth talking about more. And the first one is coffee filters for cleaning glass. So that uh, that makes sense. So use a coffee filter as what you're wiping the glass with. So that, that works well. Baby wipes for cleaning chalkboards. Hairspray to clean dry erase boards. Vodka to clean off old camping gear. And I'm thinking that's just what's left from the camping trip. I mean, <laughs> Wait, any kind of ethyl alcohol should probably gear? work fine. Uh, vodka, vod, <laughs> vodka to clean off. I've already had my share of vodka, I guess. Vodka to clean off old camping gear. It doesn't have to be dirty camping gear. It doesn't have to be any particular like skillets or lamps or tents. Just any old camping gear. Sidebar, Tom. Yeah, I'm here. I know it was she, me. She she said that these are all common things that everybody knows. I've never heard any of these. No, the, no, no. These are mm, these are ones that maybe we're in a sidebar, Tanda. Whoa! What is happening right now? Oh my god. Tom? Well, I think we, I think we, maybe we should take a vote. We have to start the whole episode over now. No, we're just going to pretend she didn't say anything. Tom, I've not heard of any of these. Have you heard of these before? Yeah, I've heard of all of them. I'm just oh. now reading them. And you forgot to hit the button. <laughs> Something's broken. I don't know what's going on today. This is going to be a great show, though. Hey, Tanda, why don't you finish the rest of your research? What other what other numbers whatever th- what, just keep going. Oh, she's hey, back. Hey, yeah, hey, Tom, si- Tom, sidebar. Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. Yeah, never left. Say, say something about PJ. I, th- I think something's broken here. Oh yeah, PJ should like what? insult him like he's an idiot. What no, do you want? Oh what? Oh man, I th- did we break the sidebar? I think so. I, I, are you guys in a sidebar? It's not working. Do you guys have the green? Is it does it turn green when you guys hit the button? Did you blowing it? Hey, yeah, hey you Tom, sidebar? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Is PJ here? I, I don't know. Oh, good. He doesn't look like he, Well, PJ never really looks like he he's here. He could be faking. He could be he faking. He could be. We have no idea now. This is unreliable. Uh, did you know dryer sheets can be used to clean stubborn, stuck-on food? Yeah, but PJ told me in a sidebar that he, didn't, he never heard of that one. Oh. Yeah, and vodka, if you spray it, you just kind of spritz it on your smelly camping gear. And it'll freshen it up. You can mix it with essential oils as well. 
interesting. Yeah. Oh, you know what? He's oh, look, I think he's yeah, coming PJ's back. back. Or he's faking coming back. I'm not sure. Oh, PJ's back. Hey, what? PJ. What? Ah, it was blowing oh, sorry. in. Sorry. That's what it was. It was blowing in it. That worked. Who's, yeah, it worked. Who's blowing? Um, uh, no, nothing. Don't worry about it. If you blow oil all over something, you get oil stains, uh, baby powder, and dish soap to remove oil, oil-based oil stains. I've never heard of any of these. Uh, I've never chalk, heard of any of these. Chalk to well, remove oil stains in clothing. So. Here's a good one. Mayonnaise to clean porcelain tubs. Well, I do that, but not to clean the tub. Oh... Uh. That's one of my favorite lines from uh, from a movie. Um, windshield water repellent for glass shower doors. That just kind of makes sense. It's like that's kind of what it's for. For mayo? Mm. Uh, there's another mayo one. Mayonnaise for cleaning cloudy wood stains. What? I, I don't know why. Those cloudy stains from heat or water rings can really mar the look of a nice piece of wooden furniture. Brighten up that beautiful surface by slathering on some mayonnaise. Yes, mayonnaise. These all sound like practical jokes. And let it and let it sit overnight. Once the stain is gone, wipe off the mayonnaise, buff the spot, and then shine it up with furniture polish. That's huh. that's what uh, Bob. Figure. That's what Bob Vila says. I don't believe any of these. No way. He no. didn't write this. Mouthwash for the washer. He's got people. Have you ever pulled a load of laundry out of the washer that smelled less than fresh? Eliminate those musty smells in the washing machine by running a cycle with mouthwash. Not only does this disinfect sub, disinfecting substance leave your mouth smelling squeaky clean, but it also gets rid of odor-causing bacteria in the laundry room. Why don't you just run a load of bleach, which is probably on the shelf next to the washing machine? Oh, because if you, you confuse them, the then you end up putting bleach in your mouthwash. Then it—that's not, not a good great. thing. Not great. Not great. Not great. Not great. Yeah, cornstarch for tarnished silver. Sunscreen to remove permanent marker. There's just easier ways. Just and, all uh, sunscreen, no brand or anything. I mean, it's, that sunscreen is weird. crucial for protecting you and your family from the sun's harmful UV rays. But did you know that it can also protect your furniture, clothes, and other surfaces from a rogue permanent marker? Rub in a dollop hmm. of sunscreen to get rid of those impossible-to-remove permanent marker stains. And never write on the board in that area again. <laughs> or the carpet. You never write, you know, never write on the carpet that mayonnaise, in that area again. <laughs> it makes me think mayonnaise would work in that scenario, too. I'm just saying. It, it could be just any oily anything. Yeah. Uh, lemon to em- eliminate odors. That's pretty obvious. Toilet cleaner in the shower. Oh, this turned into a PJ Vinegar list. to wipe away hard water stains. Baking soda to brighten the laundry. Toothpaste for dirty sneakers. All of which are pretty common. Here's a good one. Bread for collecting glass shards. Remember the last time you broke a glass and it shattered? It's a challenge to wipe up all the tiny glass shards without accidentally stepping on them or getting glass embedded in your skin. Next time, grab a slice of bread. Spongy surface or easily lifts tiny glass particles. How about a vacuum? That's what I found, and I and I just read it off the internet. But some of those were things I'd never heard of, <clears throat> and yeah, others were not... just mayonnaise, which is like from Notting Hill, where his roommates eating out of the little container. And he's like, I think this yogurt's gone. I think this yogurt's gone bad. He's like, that's, that's mayonnaise. That's, that's mayonnaise. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> he just keeps eating it. <laughs> yeah, the, the exact line is, there's something wrong with this yogurt. That's <laughs> mayonnaise. Gone bad. That's oh, mayonnaise. Uh, that's got it, oh. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I, I'm not sure if any of that was actually true or even useful, but we're going <laughs> to go to Tom. Tom, did, did you do any research? I, I have one little piece of research. Um, I wanted to know how they watched the Statue of Liberty, and I thought that would be fascinating. You want to hear about it? Sure. Yeah, they don't. She hasn't been washed in 130 years, and it's disgusting. Oh, my God, she's a dirty hoe. Have you, have you ever seen she's it without the robes? What? Oh, no. I, so so no, maybe, it's, maybe it was for... a toss-up. Maybe they decided, yeah, let's just leave her dirty. We don't want to see what's under there. We're just inviting people to our country. I, I mean, she's French. You know, there's nothing under there. That's uh, that's true. Yeah. Except hair. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm. But I'd like to apologize. That's all I have. Next week, I pledge to do better. It'll be fantastic. Is that a whole bunch of cleaning jokes, Tom? Is that what that was? Yeah, lots of puns. <laughs> yeah, it was puns. I wrote them down. Yeah. They didn't land. But uh, I'll try better. I'll try. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I, uh, I don't believe you. But, Me luckily, either. I took a look for uh, cleaning superstitions, and I found a list. Oh, God. But oh, yeah. was it a list of cleaning superstitions? That's what it was, yeah. I, I didn't find your, a random. Your list, yeah. your list last week was my favorite. Uh, was that the copper superstitions? No, we didn't have a show last week, TJ. <laughs> oh. They don't know that. Nobody knows that. Uh, anyway. All right, so I've got nine of the most interesting <coughs> cleaning superstitions from around the world. Uh, okay, so... First, on us. The first one is sweeping at night is bad luck. Uh, according to a person in India... Uh, sweeping at night can bring bad luck. In ancient times when there was no electricity, brooming at night with minimal lighting might also sweep away expensive items like rings, earrings, and chains out of the house. I want to know who's leaving all their jewelry on the floor. Well, it could that, just fall on the floor ones. and get swept out of the house, I suppose. But uh... Yeah, okay. People are, have you have you heard? There's a lot of sweeping ones, like don't sweep over someone's feet or. Um, hey Tom. Like don't sweep on. How about you shut the? <laughs> f how about that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm Number still two. I'm still bummed. I'm still bummed that he said uh, <laughs> that the superstition is you're not supposed to sweep at night. I, th I thought it said sleep at night, and here all this time I've been an insomniac because I was superstitious. You're supposed to sleep with a broom, Tanda. That'll fix it. Anyway. Number two. Don't sweep over someone's feet. Uh, this comes from Jamaica, a Jamaican household. I've heard of that one before. And uh, it means that if you do that, uh, they will either go to jail or won't get married. Mm, that seems racist. That seems like... There's two extremes, like you're getting arrested or you're you're 
not gonna be imprisoned. That's what marriage is when you get imprisoned with some. Never mind. All right, number number next one. Uh, don't bring an old broom into a new house. Uh, this comes from a guy named Kazimersky. Doesn't say what, where he's from. Uh, but, but I bet he's a, a broom salesman. It could be. Yeah, he's just trying to sell new brooms. If you bring an old broom a... into your new house, you will bring bad luck with it. There's a lot of bad luck attached with brooms. I don't understand why. Um, okay, this one comes from the Philippines. Uh, don't sweep on New Year's Eve. Uh, if you if you throw uh, if you never sweep or throw anything away New Year's Eve or New Year's Day to avoid driving luck for the rest of the year away. Uh, if you need to clean, make sure you do so before the end of the year. So, all right. Uh, don't clean on Friday the 13th. Uh, this one does not have a country of origin, but it says um, this is from a guy who learned this superstition from his wife, uh, that cleaning on Friday the 13th is a day many people consider to be unlucky and uh, it is rooted in the belief that an unlucky day will drive away good luck. So um, one time this guy did not follow his wife's advice and he decided to take out the trash on a Friday the 13th and ended up tripping in the front yard and injuring his knee. And ever since then, he has done what his wife told him to do. So he's a smart man. Or gullible. That too. Uh, the next one is cleaning on New Year's Day keeps the house clean the whole year. So here is contradictory to the one we just heard. Uh, this one says that while most people steer clear of cleaning on certain days, um, this real estate broker says that his parents taught him not cleaning the entire house on New Year's Day would make people lazy for the rest of the year, and then you won't clean your house at all for that year. So that... Okay, whatever. Well, I would say that if you clean your house on New Year's Day, you can at least claim that your house has been cleaned all year at that point. The, yes, that is probably the only reason to clean on New Year's Day. Okay, we have one here. Be careful how you store your brooms. Um, this is from Malaysia. And uh, there, there are two superstitions about brooms, which is never let the broom touch the ground when you're not using it because it'll sweep away luck in the household, even if it's just sitting in the corner. Again, with the luck. Mm. It's a lot of lucky... Why um, is luck so weak? Why doesn't bad luck get swept away? I don't know. Ever. I, bad I feel luck like is that, sticky. Oh, it just oh. can't get off of it. Yeah. Um, Good luck is kind of like lint or fur balls. Yeah. Like fur balls. Yeah, so I don't know. It said there was two on this one, and they don't give a second one. I don't know. Oh, here it is. Sorry. Uh, uh, my brain stopped. Uh, she also was taught by her parents that brooms should not be stacked together when they're hung up because it'll cause quarrels in the family. So don't hang your brooms together or there's going to be a tussle. And you won't like it. Yeah. Okay, uh, the next one does not have brooms, thank God. Don't take out the garbage after sunset. Uh, it looks like this guy's from the United States. And it says, it is better to wait until sunrise the next day if you cannot take your garbage out before it gets dark. 
Uh, it is believed that taking trash out after sunset not only brings bad luck, but can cause family members to argue. If you don't bring out the trash, there's there's going to be an argument. There's going to be some arguing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't think this is right. Uh, and the last one here is don't spill salt. Uh, okay. It is believed. It doesn't say where this comes from. It is believed that uh, spilling salt invites evil spirits to perform evil deeds in the house and cause the spiller bad luck. Man, all these have to do with luck. Can't you, you throw salt, it over your shoulder to nullify that? Yeah, left shoulder. Make sure you do it on the left shoulder. Oh, and that man. prevents spirits from getting the upper hand. Uh, this superstition is rooted in salt being a precious commodity in ancient history and that spilling it was a big waste. Oh, these days. So you're telling me you just spilling the salt on the table where you can easily clean it up and throw it out is negated by taking a bit of it and throwing it through the room over your shoulder where you will never clean it up and instead you will walk through it and trace it all around the house. Yes. From a well, from a sense. from a after, time after, when you, you know, could have just cleaned it up and it, used it because it's it a precious sense. commodity. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. So that that was all the superstitions. I had I had a backup thing here that's very short that I wanted to read because I thought it was interesting. Um, so I wanted to know like what was the first cleaning chemical? You know, like what 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 was the first Please. thing? Uh, it was water. Yeah, that's. Oh. That's what they said. Oh, I thought you um, meant like that was marketed. Uh, somebody marketed water, apparently. That's that was <laughs> what. Yeah. Anyway, uh, followed by simple clear, uh, by soap, not simple clear. Soap simple in uh, yeah. 2800 BC. <laughs> so uh, the ancient Egyptians liked to take baths, and they figured out how to add uh, alkaline salts to animal and vegetable oils to create a soap-like material which additionally was used for washing clothes and treating skin diseases, which I thought, okay, go Egyptians. And soap gets its name from a Roman legend about Mount Sapo. Uh, when it would rain, the water would wash down the mountains, mix with animal fat and ashes to create a clay-like mixture. And it seems counterintuitive to clean with clay, but it worked well and made cleaning easier. So... Two little tidbits. Well, I mean, extra. yeah, ashes, like lye and, and animal tallow, that kind of is soap. Thank you for confirming my research. Yeah. You've just entered the dealer's corner where bargains are currency. Prepare yourself. All right. The junk god smiled on me last week, and I got a good deal. I find this kind of funny because there is some added extra drama involved. I got a text message from Ben Makes KC, and he sent me a listing on Facebook Marketplace that was in Pennsylvania that was an hour and a half away from me, which was weird because like an hour before, I had just looked and I saw nothing. And then he sends me this listing, which is five hours old, and it's for a Delta 14-inch bandsaw. And it's 150 bucks. And uh, the, the, so the, the preface to why this is a little funny is this specific ad was in the old um, 
Woodworking Machinery Group on Facebook, as well as the Delta Machinery Group, both groups were talking about this ad and everyone was complaining because someone else had gotten it and I was the person. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like one person was like, why are there so many bandsaws in Pennsylvania? Are they growing on trees down there? Like they were super frustrated because there was nothing where they lived. Um, so anyway, if you, you read the ad, the guy says that the motor is dying. And so I messaged him and I said, hey, man, uh, what can you tell me about the motor? And I asked him a bunch of questions. I asked him to locate the motor tag. And I asked him like a lot of stuff that he couldn't answer. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, OK, I understand. Well, uh, I got, so I'm going to have to get a new motor. How about 100 bucks? Yeah, okay, sure, come get it. I said, come get it tomorrow. He's like, yeah, okay. So everybody was, was they wanted it for 150 I got it 50 bucks off. And I'm I'm 90% sure there is nothing wrong with the motor. Uh, the bandsaw was set up. It's a one-third horsepower century motor, and it's set up with a three-quarter inch resaw blade. So... That's that's kind of a hefty draw, um, but and I get there and the guy had already disassembled the saw, and I had no problems putting it back together. But this was one of the most heavily modified saws I've I've ever come across. Uh, the first thing I should point out is this is a 1937 metal cutting Delta bandsaw, and it, it is the three stripe badge. But this, this is kind of special because 37 was when they switched the badge to the three stripes. But then 1938 is when they introduced the metal cutting, wood cutting transmission for the bandsaws. So 37, if you wanted a metal cutting bandsaw, you had to get this one, which had um, the motor on the base with a small pulley that then went to a gigantic pulley. And that pulley was attached to a... Uh, a transmission axle that went to another small pulley and then from there a large belt went up to the saw with another giant pulley so you had two speed reductions in order to get the proper speed for metal cutting and that stuff is all like stock from delta but at some point in time the original belt that was driving from the pulley on the bottom to the saw broke and I guess they had a big problem trying to find the right size. So instead of getting the correct size belt, they took two one and a half inch steel blocks and put them in between the stand and the saw to raise the saw up so that it would take a different size belt that they did have, which was <laughs> super dumb. Mm -hmm. But that's yeah. that had to cost way more than getting the right size belt. And, and, and you could tell from the blocks and the rest of the setup, those blocks had been there for decades because around the front of the saw, the power switch and an outlet had been wired into um, the stand. And the way that the outlet was, it was actually up on an angle. And when I took the blocks out and reattached it, you couldn't get the lower cover off because it was actually, the lower cover was originally raised up like an inch and a half now that it was an inch and a half lower, it was hitting the outlet. Um, so anyway, 
there was a custom dust chute on all the other delta saws. Uh, the dust exit out the narrow side, so it's, it's, it's going to the left or the right of, of wherever you're cutting. This one, the dust goes straight out onto your feet, which made no sense. But there you have it. Uh, the front where the dust chute exited was where the motor pulley and the big pulley are facing you. There was a square bent um, shield in front of this that's attached that was mm -hmm. done at some machinist shop. You could tell it was used like a metal brake, uh, but it's not factory. And then around the back where you have um, the drive side for the saw, there's another huge rectangular uh, bent sheet metal guard on the back of that. So that's that's a lot of the modifications. Then we come around to the front. Uh, the pin is missing for the table and so is the throat plate. So there's a plastic throat plate in there. The upper cover, which actually has the badge attached to it, uh, because so many, oh, I, I, I forgot another modification. So they wanted a bigger size. They wanted to do resaw work. They wanted to put a riser block on there, but they didn't have a factory riser block. So they put two pieces of steel as riser blocks into the mix to raise it up. But when they did that, they didn't raise it the correct height. So the blade size was not consistent. Like they didn't have the right size. So then mm -hmm. the tensioner for the spring wasn't enough. Like there wasn't enough spring tension. So then they had to jam a piece of metal under the tensioner to apply more pressure to the back so that the blade would actually track. But the side effect of that is the blade then dipped forward and cut a, a, a crescent-shaped moon into the front cover. So it's like this is it's, it's just like everything. It's like everything you can think of is like something's going wrong. This this saw has it. Like it's got all kinds. And Three. then uh, the um, the only piece of new technology on there was the original blade guide was missing, and they had half of a Chinese guide that had a bearing on one side and it should have had a bearing on the other side, but that one was missing. So, um, anyway. <laughs> this sounds like one of those, like, uh, competency tests where, the, <laughs> you know, they put you in a situation and they mess up a whole bunch of stuff and you have to figure out everything that's gone wrong or, like, you're, uh, you know, learning to fly or something and they misadjust a bunch of stuff and then you have to figure yeah. out what, what's going on with the with your instruments because they've tweaked a whole bunch of stuff and you have to figure out all the things that are wrong. That's exactly what it is. It's, this is just like, they just, everything was touched. Everything. Um, oh, and uh, the, the 1937 model is the one where the, the wheels for the bandsaw are solid. They are not spoked. So they just look like two big discs. Hmm. <clears throat> um, Trying to think if there was anything else. I asked the guy, I said, tell me, tell me, like, where did this come from? And he said, my family is from Michigan, and this was my grandfather's saw. So it came from somewhere in Michigan. That's, that was Ooh. it. That was all the information. And I could tell, like, when I went to go pick it up, there was already a, uh, a moving sign out front. So this guy was moving somewhere else. And I guess he didn't want to take the saw with him. Right. So, so that's my story. I was thrilled to get it. And I, I somehow invented magical space to store it inside the garage, which <laughs> has no space whatsoever. Um, so there's that. Were those deals hot enough for you? You got a sizzling deal that's burning a hole in your pocket? Send it in. Maybe we'll read it on air. 
All right, it's time for personal history. Tom, have you ever cleaned anything? I'm just curious. No, I, I don't really have any experience in this department. I don't really clean anything. Did you hear? <laughs> so I'm moving. People know this now. Did you hear that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to the roots of my of my Instagram channel after I move and rearrange my new shop at least 15 times in the first 30 days and uh, clean everything excessively and uh, that's what I was always good at and then I started making things and it got stupid and weird but oh it's making things that makes your shop messy that was a horrible combination well, if true. you want to keep a perfectly clean shop you can't be making things exactly that's why i just rearrange things so um, well that's my bread and butter for a long time that's not true i mean you you don't have to make anything just keep buying equipment and you'll have to keep rearranging the shop i I guarantee that'll work i i will say restoring something is by far the messiest task you ever do and i'm not even talking about like the dirt and grime and paint and like i'm just the amount of tools you need to take something apart is just unbelievable such a disaster unless everything's put together with the same size screw then you just need one screwdriver yeah that's true well that's only new stuff old stuff used every bolt was a different size yes well yeah well yeah well two sizes poor engineering two sizes that's poor engineering yeah i mean i'm pretty sure yeah on most of the delta tools there's two sizes of things everything else is just a handle you know why they did that? Because they only had two sizes back I... then. No. <laughs> oh, I thought you were referring to when the bolt is one size and the nut is another size. So that you can take them apart with one set of tools. That's not what I was talking about. Oh, that's what I'm talking about now, though. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, okay, cool. Let's move on. All right, Tom has never cleaned anything. Tanda? What about you? What's that's your personal why, that's history? Why now, nowadays, you have to cut all your end wrenches in half. If you, yeah. if, if you have the bolt and the nut that are the same size, then you end up having to cut your end wrench in half and use the box in on one. And Then you end up cutting your hand. Situation. Then yeah. you cut your hand on the open end of the wrench that you just Yeah, sliced it's off. horrible. You need to grind them and smooth them up, and it's just it's annoying. Um I, I'm I'm pretty messy. I, I get on a bench and clean every once in a while, um, and I like it when it's organized, and I like organizing periodically when I'm in the mood. Um, but uh, I just sold a big piece of equipment or am making arrangements to sell it and potentially go on a road trip and take it out to Tucson, so that will clean up a little bit. But... Uh, I was just trying to think of cleaning stories, and the one I thought of that was kind of funny was kind of in line with this uh, Bob Vila cleaning things and and mayonnaise oily things. But uh, if you get gum stuck in your hair, um, a good way to like get it pulled out of your hair is to put peanut butter on it, like rub peanut butter on it, and the oil in the peanut butter and mayonnaise would probably work just as well. Kind of like breaks down the gum and loosens it up and it slips right out of your hair. And I had heard that, I don't know where, probably in some kind of popular mechanics or something at some point in history. But a friend of mine, you know, comes home with me after school and he's got gum stuck in his hair. And so I'm like, hey, I read this. It's worth a try. Let's uh, um, let's see if we can get it out with peanut butter. And so there we are. I'm like massaging peanut butter into his hair 
And my dad walks in and like, you know, like, what the are you kids doing sort of thing? And I'm like, we're having a peanut butter fight because that was just what came out of my mouth. And I thought it was funny. And I almost uh, didn't survive to tell him the truth. Um, but but fortunately, I was able to able to explain that we were just trying to get gum out of his hair and that we weren't really having a peanut butter fight. Um but uh, yeah, that was a that was a good one. We had a similar thing once when we we painted my ATV, um, and uh, we did a really good job spray painting it, masked it off and everything. But my dad came home and asked what we had been doing, and uh, and I and I kind of with some trepidation said, uh, uh, "We we painted my ATV today," and my friend immediately jumps in and says, "And you can't even hardly see the brush marks." And uh, <laughs> and my dad wasn't happy with that either. But it worked out well because then it kind of set him up for it being horrible, and it turned out to be pretty good. So, um, awesome. but uh, those were a couple of cleaning stories that uh, that that's uh, that's that the I Jimmy Duresta method of cleaning by painting something. Painting, yeah, black, like yeah. heavy layers, almost on the verge of dripping. How Jimmy can paint the amount of paint he paints on without it running it's like just on the verge of running but doesn't has always amazed me <laughs> that's that's years of experience yeah, yeah it must be so those are a couple cleaning stories what do you have pj so <clears throat> I, I might have mentioned this before i don't remember because my memory's terrible i i hate cleaning inside the house like any any sort of anything having to do with any vacuuming or cleaning the bathroom or cleaning the kitchen, cleaning the dishes, any of that stuff, I don't like it. I could do it, I don't like it. But if you put me outside in the shop and give me a greasy, rusty tool that hasn't been touched in decades, I'm like, oh yeah, let me get this thing shiny. Yeah, and I'll, I'll pull out like five different cleaners and just go to town on this thing. And I don't really, I, th I think I, I, I sort of narrowed it down a year or two ago. I think it has to do with seeing results. I think that's what it breaks down to for me. Because if you take a nasty tool and you clean it up, it obviously looks clean. And especially if like, right. you repaint it, if you're restoring it, there's a noticeable difference. But when you clean your house, it looks the same. It doesn't look like you did a thing you know you can't, like, you can't convince yourself that when you're doing dishes you're actually doing uh like uh plate knife and fork restoration to return I mean, them to their pristine clean state the dishes you know you could probably fake it because they got food on them and stuff and you could see that going away but i still they're still the same dishes like they just look like before you put food on them you know what i mean like you didn't do anything you just made them you dirty. You probably and, need to leave know? them longer. You probably need to leave them like for like thirty years somewhere. Then, then it'll seem like a, a true restoration project. Man, I'm gonna need a lot of dishes if I'm washing them once every thirty years. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm uh, horrible. I just eat out. I, I, you know, I haven't eaten out since before the pandemic. I have not had food outside the house. I. I at least I don't think so, unless I've forgotten at some point. But um, yeah, I, I'm not big at eating out. I mean, even before the pandemic, I wasn't huge on eating out. You know, it's it's eating out is like a treat. You know what I mean? Like it's it's almost all the food you get that is outside your house 
tastes fantastic, horrible for your body. It's never good for right. you. It's always got like too much fat or too much sugar or too much something in there. Like if you ate at the same place every single day, you would die. Like your oh body would not be able to oh handle no. it. You know, I'm serious. I should, cha- I should change my ways. Yeah. How long? How long? How long before you die? Uh, Just asking for a friend. Yeah, I'm uh, curious because you know, I haven't I haven't eaten anything cooked here since before the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it could be I, tomorrow. I haven't, I haven't done anything but eat out. Might be Tuesday. You know, who knows? Could be. But, Maybe um, I'll make it through next week's show. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's not good for you. It's not good for you. You should. I grew up you just could, hanging out with my dad after my mom passed away, and we just ate out. Um, I mean, we occasionally cooked at home, or my sisters would cook. My that are like eight or nine years older than me. They if they were around. Um, but I grew up where just your your average meal was eating something out, you know, like stopping somewhere for lunch during work stopping somewhere on the way back to the house to eat dinner. Um, so my, my norm is just, uh, you know, going to your local cafe and getting something to eat on your way to or from home. Sidebar, Tom? Yeah. I'm really concerned that Tanda's about to die, like, right on the middle of the show. I don't know how to it's, – it's like I feel it rising up. It's, she's been eating takeout for, like, most of her life. This could be, like, her last show. Yeah. I'd rather go out that way than dying from boredom and never going out to eat. You're never bored on this show. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> oh, 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 looks like Tanda just put her takeout <laughs> bag down. Um, Tanda, I, I, I think you should make an effort to like make a sandwich at home, like once a week. Just saying. Might help. Oh, I'll- I'll I'll try and do that. Actually, it's it's easier now. It's nicer since my kitchen is outside. Oh my, yeah. My, my kitchen here at the shop is a grill that's outside, so yeah. It's some, it's more likely I'll, it's like more likely I'll cook now. Get a big toaster oven. Get a big you know those giant sized toaster ovens. Yeah, not, I not, have one. Not, I use it for powder coating. Yeah, well, I lived <laughs> I lived off one of those for years. I didn't have a stove. You can cook almost anything in a toaster oven. I I have a microwave and an Instapot and uh, and I don't think I have a toaster. I have a toaster that's stored away. Um, I I have the ability to cook. It's just I come home really late from work. I stop somewhere on the way and I get something to eat. So yeah. hopefully I'll make it to the next show. I hope so. I don't feel like replacing you. What are we talking about today? Cleaning. We're talking about cleaning. I don't know how we got onto food. Mm. So I'm going to be clean from the show. I hope not. No, I don't think so. Anyway, um, I guess I should actually mention a, a real cleaning product. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call out old timey tools because the the newest good cleaning product that I've been introduced to lately is called Super Clean. Not sponsored, but I do recommend them. Super Clean is made of purple magic. That's all I can explain. Uh, I was really big on the Dawn Power Wash, and it, it is fantastic, but if I had to make a comparison as far as grime level, 
if you were to spray the Dawn Power Wash on something that's super grimy, it'll take off 50% as much as the Super Clean will. Super Clean just... It, it'll take mm. off too much. Mm -hmm. Like if you put it on paint and you leave it on there too long, it will take the paint off. Yeah, I, so. I became familiar with that um, when I moved into my shop two shops ago and the walls were like kind of this kind of dark brown color mm -hmm. or so I thought, but it turns <laughs> out they were actually white cinder block. They were painted white cinder block. Yeah. And the stuff that came running, I mean, we just sprayed it on and let it sit there for a while. And then we rinsed it off with a power washer. And it was, it was pretty amazing. Gross. But it used, it was like a grinding, um, like a precision grinding shop for who knows, like 20 years. And there was just fine grinding dust everywhere. And then it was a machine shop after that. So it was like that kind of set in the grind with coolant mist. It was, it was pretty gross. Yeah. And, that, and that stuff worked good. Gross. So I will, if, if you don't get anything else from this episode, I highly recommend Super Clean. Uh, if you can find it, it's a little tricky. Uh, they do sell it at Lowe's and at Walmart. Those are the two places I know that you can get it where you're not going to get creamed. Like if you go to Amazon, it's like five times the price of buying it like at a, at a normal store. Which I, I still don't understand that. For some reason, liquids on Amazon, some liquids are three to five times the price that they should be. Like it's $18 a bottle hmm. on Amazon. But if you go to like, uh, I think Walmart had it the cheapest for like five bucks and then Lowe's had it for like seven or eight. Um, and so, I think we got it in a really big but kind of odd sized jug. Is that true? Like a three gallon container no, or something like no. that or this, this is a regular spray bottle regular I, well i have two i've got a spray bottle and then i've got a foaming can mm. so the foam works great by the way if you if you need something that's going to stick the foam is fantastic um but yeah i mean that's uh that's my recommendation uh i i I don't know. I've had a very cleaning history. I have tried a lot of different things from all natural cleaners to chemicals to, you know, whatever you could find. Toothpaste. Um, I think that it just depends on what you're trying to clean. And you'll find something. If you, if you hang around with something long enough, you become an expert on it. So if you're cleaning, you know, greasy, grimy stuff, you're going to try all the things that have to do with greasy grime. And then you're going to find one that's better than everything else. You know, and right now that happens to be super clean. But, you know, I might find something else next week. Who knows? Well, sucky darn, I think it's time for one of them old-timey commercial energy lubes and stuff. Hi, this is Part-Time Tom down at Johnson's Hardware. Are you tired of inadequate cleaning products that tell you to rinse and repeat? Well, no more! Complex Orange is the best there is. Step 1. Wash hands thoroughly. Step 2. Be sure to glove up. Step 3. Dawn your breathing apparatus. Step 4. Prepare surface. Step 5. Stand by for your scheduled Complex Orange delivery. Step 6. Use only approved hand trucks when transporting Complex Orange. Step 7. Remove inner container from outer safety vessel. Step 8. Use included diffuser to separate cleaner into parts A and part B. Step 9. 
Mix equal parts A and B into fermentation baggies. Step 10. Allow to rest for 17 hours before moving on to step 11. Do not leave unattended. Step 11. Apply liberally to surface and rinse clean. If Complex Orange makes contact with your skin, thank you for being a valued Complex customer. Complex Orange is on sale this week for $17.99 plus delivery fee. For more information, visit patreon.com forward slash makerskill. What the heck, Nabbit? I need to get me one of them. Anyone know what street Patreon is on? I need to go. Alright. It's time for crossbreeding. Tom, what skill goes well yep. with cleaning? Uh, can I say making a mess? I feel like they go hand in hand. Um, yeah, I don't care. Alright, Tanda, uh, what skill goes well with uh, cleaning? Uh, finding finding things finding things yeah that's the best time to clean is when you when you cannot find something in your shop then it's then it's time to just drop everything and start cleaning yeah why not you can't find your broom yeah sure yeah okay hey pj what skill goes well with cleaning uh sweeping yeah sweeping we're gonna let that go pj pj we have a standard here okay sweeping with a broom. Oh, all right. I I miss. Great answer. Good answer. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. I should have been. Good. I should. I should have been more specific. It's my bad on that. Yeah. That went pretty well. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a clean clean sweep. Hey, I see something shining. Let's go get it. All right. So. I have been debating about buying this thing for a while, but. I've been very slowly over the years buying more PPE in the shop just because, you know, I want to keep all my digits. And if you don't have protective gear, then that makes it a little difficult for certain things. And if you've been in my shop or seen pictures, you know that it's packed full of stuff, but it's the most packed from the waist down and 50% packed from the knee down. So what that oh. means is from the knee down is where I get injured the most because I'm constantly <laughs> running into things, getting caught on things. I've got cuts all over my shins. I bang my ankles. It is a nightmare. So today I got in the mail and was able to test out in the shop a set of adult soccer shin guards with ankle braces on the sides. And maybe braces is the wrong way. It's like a part of a sock, and inside it, it has these little plastic cups. So if you bang your ankle into something, it hits the plastic and not your ankle. But the front is like a like a foam, and then it's got plastic over the front. So if you run into something, it hits the shin guards. It doesn't hit you. And I've been thinking about doing this for the longest time. I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's gonna be uncomfortable. Maybe it's, you know, it's going to make me not want to wear them in the shop. And I put them on today and I'm like, these ain't bad. I kind of like them. And then, of course, I didn't run into anything the entire day. So that's, uh... <laughs> but I figured that. In- including, including any neighbors or anyone dropping by. They all, they all stayed away as well. Everyone. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they could, they could smell it on I me. I know. He's wearing shin guards. This is weird. I I did a ton of research too before I bought these. Um, I I look for 
I don't want to say weeks, but I would like look for one day, then stop, and the next week I'd look again. And it just kind of got to that point where I felt like this pressure. Because if you look at my shins, it looks like I've been through a battle. Like they're they're just like they have all these red marks like zigzagged all over. And I so I used to have to worry about dropping things for my feet, but then I got uh two different sets of uh boots and shoes from um Carolina shoes. Mm-hmm. My, my, mm-hmm. my brain stopped for a second. Carolina shoes. So they both have composite safety toes. So I don't have to worry about anything hitting my toes. But then what happens is if I do drop something and it hits my foot, I have a 50-50 chance it's then going to smack me in the shin. Which happens 50% of the time. So it's it's I don't know what to say. It's like it was a necessity. Like I've and this is with me like wearing pants. This is not like I'm just wearing shorts in the summer. This is like it doesn't matter what time of the year it is. I'm getting hit in the shins. So it's I mean, it's practically shot pixies attacking me. That's that's the only way I could explain it. But I mean, I mean, I'm laughing at you, but I my shins are perpetually like have some kind of scar on them or you know scrape on them, and I'm not sure how. I have I have no shin related injuries. I don't I don't I can't relate. That's weird. I don't understand why. You have a lot of space in your shop, Tom. You know why? Because you have a big shop. Because I clean. Because you clean? <laughs> yeah, I clean things my, up. My weirdest lower leg injury was uh, I took an engraving bit out of my little mill, and it was like this little uh, plastic cutting bit for ABS. Um, and I dropped it, and it and the collet in the little tool holder, and it stuck mm-hmm. in the side of my knee. Oh. That was, that was uncomfortable. <sighs> that's that's Brutal. that's something you're not going to forget. Yeah, especially since I posted it on Instagram, turned it into a monkey, and made it an album cover. <laughs> you, you turned it into a monkey? I don't know. Th- weird things happen on Instagram. You start getting comments of what it looks like, and then the next thing you know, people are giving it names and it's become an album cover. That's how Instagram works. That that's that's rather bizarre. I don't really know what to say to that. Um, I've never had an injury turn into an animal on on the internet. Uh, well, it's because you have shin guards. Well, I do now. I mean, I'm talking about previously. But I I'm I'm dead serious. I've injured my shins more than any other part of my body in the shop. You know, you think your hands would be like the number one thing, but I have. I would say the ratio has got to be five to one, the number of times I've cut my hand to the number of times I, I'll, like, take my pants, you know, I'm getting changed, and I find, like, my leg is bleeding. I'm like, what What oh, happened? Man. You should, well, like, I switch even, to you know, a shin stop. Shin stop, yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, a prosthetic lower leg, and it just breaks away any time that something sharp comes anywhere near it. Is that sold by saw stop? Yeah, yeah, and then you just get a new one. It just There's a, a replacement cartridge that you just snap on a new one. Do you have to walk around on your knees with those? No. No, it just blows right off. It retracts. It's like you have a lower leg, and then something touches it, and boom, it's gone. It's like retracted up behind you. I need and the only I, downside I sh- is you have to have a replacement nearby before you can use your lower leg again. 
if I had known about that prior to buying the shin guards, um, I would have I would have preferred that. But um, yeah, but it's too late now. I, I already I already spent the money and, and I've worn them once, so I can't return them. No, nobody but, wants uh, sweaty shin guards. Uh, I, I I will say though, um, aside from some annoying graphics, uh, they did come in Junk Hunter Blue, so I was very happy about that. That was another stipulation. I wanted to make sure they were they were in my color. Got to be fashion forward, you know. PPE. <clears throat> but anyway, um, we never talk about that kind of safety stuff on here, and I know it's kind of a little adjacent to making, but I figured it was worth bringing it up for like five minutes. Yeah. And then we managed to turn it into a 10-minute topic. Yes. Hey, I see you looking at my stuff. Go get your own, Shanny. All right. It's time for short and sweet. Tom, I know you've got something to say. Lay it on, everybody. Frogpod! Frogpod! The pre-launch Frogpod page is live. And since this is audio only, it is kickstarter.com forward slash projects forward slash frogpod forward slash frogpod. That's right. Two times. I don't know why. There's no explanation. It wasn't me. I don't think, but kickstarter.com forward slash projects forward slash frog pod forward slash frog pod. And you can click the button that says notify me on launch and it'll probably notify you on launch. I am up to let's, let's timestamp this right here. 9:49 PM Eastern standard time, April 26th, 87 yeah. followers so far on the, f- on the Kickstarter campaign, which is very encouraging. So, uh, I'm going to go through the list, see who didn't, uh, uh, who, who hasn't followed it yet and um, shame them publicly so if that's you go ahead and get over there and follow my Kickstarter please uh, I have a question Tom um, just one go ahead okay since it's the frog pod isn't pre-launch a misnomer shouldn't it be like pre-leap <sighs> I I understand your argument I I reject it wholly. I have never seen a frog launch anywhere. I don't understand what is not clear. They launch all over the place. No, they leap everywhere. No, they launch. Leaping is the full action. Launching is the part where they leave the ground. No, launching is what, when stuff goes into space. No you frogs are, are, are orbiting. Leap without launching. Oh, my God. Really? Really? You launch, then leap. It's part of the leap. I don't think you know what it actually means. You Are you saying that you've never seen a frog land? Because they launch and then they land. No, I've seen them fall. You've never seen them land? No, they go up in the air and then they fall down. Oh. Well, you might be right. I don't know. All right, whatever. Never mind. <laughs> was, was that everything? Uh, did I talk about Frogpod yet? No. Uh, yeah, kickstarter.com forward slash projects forward slash frogpod forward slash frogpod. That's all. The second frogpod has a little different intonation for those who are typing it out. You you type that slightly with slightly more pressure. It's in italics. (laughs) It seems like you could have just put forward slash frogpod squared and it would have done the same thing. I didn't put anything. I just named it frogpod and it doubled down. I don't... I'm going to go check other 
thing. Maybe so your you campaign is called Frog Pod too. and your product is called Frog Pod. I don't Something. think so. No, Tanda, Tanda, you, you you missed it. His product is actually called Frog Pod, Frog Pod, Frog that's, Pod, Frog Pod. Yeah, that's what he's trying it's to. Got tell three everybody. legs. You, you should have called it Frog Pod, you Frog Pod, two. Frog Pod, or Frog Pod, Pod, yes. Pod. Uh, I think people are going to be disappointed when they find out they have to buy them by the dozen. But you know, my marketing marketing guy told me to do that. Oh, that would be so cool if you could get like an egg carton that's full of frog pods. You just like lift it up, and they're all in the little, like nested little parts. I should get a picture of that. They would fit perfectly. I think. I think so. They're about the right size for eggs. I think they're exactly the right size for the center of an egg. You need to put that on Instagram. I'll work on it. Yeah. All right, Tanda. You have anything for short and sweet? I was just. Uh... No, I'm sorry. I was distracted looking up stuff on the internet. Do you know that it's called a, uh, the whole reason it's called a launch pad is because it was originally named after the lily pads that frogs launched off of? That's not true. <laughs> it's on It's on Wikipedia. Uh, just Ooh, definitely true. Just because you edited the Wikipedia page, Tanda, does not make it true. Wait, maybe that's Anthropodia. What is that site? I don't, I don't know. I don't PJ have, knows how don't the have internet anything. works. I don't even Look, have internet. All right. For anybody that doesn't You should talk know, about your friend's Kickstarter campaign. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. My buddy Tom, I followed his uh, Kickstarter campaign today. And... Uh, what was the what was the URL? I don't remember. I just got a link to it in like a text message that said I was going to be unfriended if I didn't follow it. So I, I followed it. But uh, here, let me look it up. I think I've still got it on my phone. It's, uh, I don't know. Go ahead, PJ. I'll look this up. Um, I, I also got this link, and I have not followed the campaign because I'm waiting for Tom to unfriend me. <laughs> <laughs> Will you follow it if I unfriend you? Well, no. If you unfriend me, then you won't know what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway. I'll, I trust you. No, I got I to gotta do it on my laptop. I can't do it from my phone. This this thing it it gives me angst trying to log into Kickstarter from my phone. For some reason it doesn't like me. Mm. I got to do it on the computer after mm. we stop recording. But anyway, uh, short and sweet. Uh, I think I mentioned, but I can't remember that I bought a table saw a couple months ago. Removed the table saw and I'm using the table as an outdoor table for a workspace that's gonna live out in the driveway. And I scraped all the old paint off, sanded it off, made some adjustments to the legs so it was level because there's wheels on one side and primed it with outdoor primer. And then I had this idea of using truck bed liner paint, which is a rubberized paint to paint the outside because if it's going to live outside, I'm thinking, well, rubber paint, you know, no water is getting through it. That'll last like, you know, that'll the elements can't do anything to that. It's designed to be outside. And I bought a quart of this paint from a discount store. Now, the table is like, let's say like a two by three top. It's maybe, I don't know, 30 inches high. I figure eh, a quart of paint. That's plenty. Now, I got halfway done. This stuff <laughs> is like cement mixed with wood glue. It is so thick 
it's it's like it literally it's like trying to paint with cement and it's so chunky and the color there was no color on the container i had no idea what was in there i open it up and it's black so i'm painting with this black chunky paint and i'm looking at it and it looks like shushugiban it looks like i set the thing on fire it is the most rough textured paint i i it it looks disgusting that is that is the word that comes to mind it is gross when it's wet when it's dry it's a little less gross but it uh i had to go and get another can of it and luckily they still had a can but um i got the stuff is so thick it takes 24 hours to dry i, I couldn't i couldn't even touch it it was like tar but anyway i got both of them coated flipped it upside down and then uh yesterday the day before i was able to screw down the quarter inch aluminum sheet that's the tabletop and mm -hmm. i am right now in the process of it's fully functional but i am restoring a wilcox undermount uh, woodworker's vice that is going to go outside and be and live with the table I'm, i wasn't going to restore it and then i'm like nah i gotta do it so that's in the evapo rust right now and i'm going to do a nice paint job on it and and do it up like it's like it should be and if it gets wrecked i'll just redo it again you know whatever um but i haven't done a post on it yet because i'm not finished uh i did do some 3d printing the bar for the vice had these little sort of oval shaped knobs the 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 bar ends and both of them were cracked from age and use and one of them has like a wire wrapped around it so it won't split in half and then it had a whole bunch of friction tape on it and i'm like these things are not gonna work. So I popped them off, 3D modeled them, and then I printed two-tone knob ends that are Junk Hunter blue and gold. And then I put brass screws in the end to match the gold. And they look magnificent. Mm, they are nice. the best of bar mm -hmm. ends you could find anywhere. And they only work for for this specific vice. I can't sell them or anything because you need the, it's an, it's an exact fit. So. I, I did go to a Mark Forged event, and they're doing some really fun stuff, if you haven't kept up with them. They're 3D printers that are metal printers and filament oh, printers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. they are the ones that have the printers that carry the powdered metal in the filament. Yes. And so you can get stainless or copper or you know brass, whatever material that you want to print in. Well, not whatever material you want to print in, but a number of metals now. And when you're done, you fire it, and it's 98, 99% solid metal when you're mm. done. What? And so it's pretty cool because they, they were printing like copper heat sinks and copper water jackets with channels built into them. They're printing all kinds of really cool stainless parts. And then I, I was aware of that because I've been following their metal printers for a while. But this one totally got me. Um, cause I hadn't really seen anybody doing it. They also have, um, carbon fiber impregnated filament, which again is not uh, that unusual, but they can print with filament down the center with a carbon fiber, um, down the center of the filament. And so okay. it's printing plastic filament, but there is a strand of carbon fiber in the center of the filament and you print with it and it prints one continuous fiber and then cuts it. Oh. 
um, when it switches layers, it has a little blade that cuts the fiber. Um, and so you can actually lay down carbon fiber in your print filament as you're printing. And that was, that was pretty cool. And they, and it was super strong stuff. I mean, some of their samples and stuff were just crazy strong and lightweight. So that was, that was pretty cool to see. It's really expensive. I want one. Yeah. They're like 150. (laughs) Thousand? Thousand. Yeah. Uh, I'll get it for 120. Yeah. And they have an, and they have it. They're coming out with an Ultim printer as well, which is kind of an industry, you know, standard plastic printer for aerospace and so forth. Um, but those have been around for a while. Um, so that's not as unusual, but they are coming out with one as well. But the carbon fiber thing was, was pretty cool. I've got a couple samples. And that being able to cool. print in metal is is always cool when you can do it basically the same as FDM. It's just a filament. So mm-hmm. it prints mm-hmm. and has about the same speed as any filament printer. You just then have to put it into a kiln, essentially. I, I want to... I haven't dug into it, but I know I was researching it uh, a while back where they... That... Um, was it eSun, I think, was the company. They, they allowed you to print... Uh, a green metal print and then you had it had to be fired but theirs had to be fired in some kind of like a hydrogen um kiln or something like that uh, they and they have an inert gas kiln so i think theirs is argon um as well um and the hundred and fifty thousand, i think is for the whole setup i mean it's still not cheap but it's the printer and the kiln and the whole system and their software takes into account all the shrinkage so you just load your part at the size you want it to end up Mm. print it fire it it comes out the size you want um was like nominal plus or minus five thousand something like that pretty pretty good tolerances yeah i I definitely need one of those um but anyway uh it's good information i i did i just remembered a tip that i wanted to sneak in here at the end i meant to mention it during the um during the dealer's corner the uh the crescent shaped cut in the cover has to be welded unless i just replace the cover but i'd like to weld it and it's big enough that the gap is going to be tricky to weld Mm -hmm. and i just happened to be listening to i don't remember if it was making it or the fits all podcast but jimmy deresta was talking about Mm -hmm. this and it was like the tip i needed right at the right time Mm. He said mm-hmm. that if you need to weld something where there's a gap or there's a pinhole, you take a piece of copper, like a copper sheet or a mm-hmm. copper block, and put yeah. it behind where you're welding, and the weld won't stick to the copper. It'll deflect into whatever it is you're trying to weld. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they uh, in fact, uh, that's a that's a Harbor Frigé thing, or at least that's where I got mine. They have like little, like kind of thick copper spatula things that are made for that. Or oh really? Or uh, that's what I use mine for, and I got it at Harbor Freight. Um, but it's just got a—it looks like a thick spatula, and it's just a copper plate at the end. But it's—you know—it's got a handle on it, so you can hold it back behind whatever you're welding and kind of provide mm-hmm. a support behind it. Well, uh, unfortunately, I'm banned from Harbor Freight, so uh, I. Uh, uh, well, you uh, probably have a chunk of own. copper around. I think I have a bucket of copper somewhere. I'll have to see what 
but uh, I've got a bunch of heat sinks and stuff. I'll find something, something that'll work. <laughs> but um, but anyway, I just wanted to put that out there for anybody that didn't know, like me, because I don't weld very much and I don't know that many tricks. So I don't think I've heard that episode. They must be. They're probably talking about Bob's, all the holes in Bob's yeah. Carmen Gia. It was just this last week, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank our top Patreon supporters, very own Tanda and Creator Nader. And if you would like to become a Patreon member, just go to patreon.com forward slash makerskills and you get to enjoy things like the Makerskills Johnson's Hardware Keychain if you're a top Patreon member, which is, well, not even top, just over $1. If you're $5 and up, you get a keychain. Uh, and you get the after show, which we're about to go do right now, talk about secret stuff, because everybody wants to hear secret stuff. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll hit you up next week when we have a guest. Thank you for listening to this episode of Maker Skills. If you should need more skill information, you can find us on Instagram at maker.skills. You can also email us at makerskillspodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at PJ Galati, son of the junk hunter on Instagram and YouTube. You can find Tanda at Tanda Madison on Instagram. And you can find Tom at Infinite Craftsman on Instagram. We welcome any comments. Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple so that we can make more skill madness come your way. See you next time.